need a TV. An old one. Like, not flat. Tell me what you feel. I just feel you. I had a brother. His name was Pietro. He was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? Lana, if you stay here, you'll die. I just did. Do you know how it felt? It felt like that. Am I dead? No. Why would you think that? Because you are. We're now assessing a clearer picture of this crisis. And thanks to Captain Rambo, we now have first-person intel from inside the Westview anomaly. It's Wanda. It's all Wanda. Our initial theory had Wanda Maximoff as one of many victims. We now know she is the principal victimizer. This is our home. Then let's fight for it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Okay, so Logan, back to what you know, what you were talking about with your YouTube channel and your podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that like that that some of what you're talking about kind of relates to what cyber does too, because I mean, basically, um, just for those of you who don't know. Because Cyber is a new, um, a new, a new special guest to my podcast, and I'm also going to be considering him to be a, um, you know, a, a co-anchor essentially, just because I've known him for a long time, and him and I are friends mm-hmm. personally. Um, you know, uh, Cyber and I met on Rizzle, which, for those of you who don't know, is the um, video app content app that that uh, I first started uh, over a year ago when I first started making content and um, you know, uh, cyber and I have a very good relationship bouncing back and forth on MCU topics and stuff like that. Cyber, if you want to go ahead and kind of just introduce yourself and kind of talk about your content and whatnot, I know that your YouTube channel is called um, cybernetic shark. Um, You're a fellow Rizzler. Um, What else do you want to fill in the gaps for? So basically, yeah, it's that simple. I mean, nothing really fancy. Uh, I've been YouTubing since 2011. I really started doing it seriously in 2013. Wow. Uh, And, I mean, I definitely have done my share of MCU videos on my channel. Uh, But, yeah, definitely we first met, yeah, on Rizzle because I've been doing Rizzle for about a little over a year. It'll be almost a year now in March. I forget what exact date, but... In March of the year, I've been doing Rizzle. Yeah, I, I think I got on a little bit before you did. Yeah, I believe so. I, you had already had a pretty big following, I feel, uh, when yes. I first started. And when I first started, I, I didn't think now. Cyber, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't 
think that I was going to do very big on there, but I ended up becoming pretty big fast on that because it was so brand new and fresh too when we first started on it too as well because that the Rizzle app's only been around for a little over two years now. Uh, Has it been two years? I thought it, was about, I thought it was about like a year and a couple months. Probably around a year and a couple months then, yeah. I mean, I know it just started shortly before I started on it, so you probably started a couple months before I did. Logan, I'm telling you, man, if you ever want to expand your content, you know, in, in, in any way, mm-hmm. you should seriously consider joining Rizzle. Okay. I'll, I'll put it down. I mean, it's it's one, it's one minute video content. Like, that's the whole deal. It's, it's, it's similar to TikTok, mm-hmm. but, but it's different. There's a, there's a social component to Rizzle that you don't get on TikTok that, that Cyber can, can talk about where we're very much interconnected, the different Rizzlers. Mm-hmm. We're almost like family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you actually develop, like, real friendships on there. Cyber, I'm sure you would agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, Rizzle is a lot better than TikTok in many ways. Uh, it is. Because they actually do a lot for their um, their members, actually. And you don't have to be a certain – you only have to have a certain amount of videos uh, to be able to even make – you know, get uh, money for things on there, too, as well. Because I mean, mm-hmm. it, as long as you keep active 30 videos a month, you can stay that premium membership and then you basically can, you know, people can give you credits or money or anything like that. And I mean, yeah, I myself actually won a contest on Rizzle, uh, only being on there after like six months. So, I mean, you have many opportunities to make a lot of money. Unlike on TikTok, where you have to have over, I think it's like 10,000 followers, like something, 10,000 like members or something, followers. I just just broke the 10,000 barrier on TikTok today. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So, yeah, and I I only think Riz is a lot better app myself. It is. I mean, that's the thing. There is no social angle on TikTok. Yeah. On Riz, there's actually like a community aspect. Mm. Although, you know, although I'll be honest with you, you know, to everybody out there in my audience who doesn't know that I also do conservative politic content, um, I'm not exactly one of the most loved uh, members of the Rizzo community these days. And, um, you know, uh, it, it has, it's, here, it's here nor there because this is MCU content we're talking about here on this podcast. Yep. But um, I can honestly say, you know, to go along with what, with what Cyber said, as far as how Rizzle works, I mean, that when I first joined Rizzle, I was the only conservative content creator on the entire app. And Rizzle has allowed me to do my own thing for over a year now, say what I want to say, give my opinions and everything and whatnot. And they've never bothered me at all. They've never flagged me for anything. They've never given me any problems. Yep. They've given me complete freedom with my content. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. I just I just wish that they would add some advertisement to the to the to the app because then at least people like you and I cyber could maybe you know maybe we could actually pull like a, you know a monthly a, a little monthly bit of an income out of there yeah most definitely yeah that would be a good idea I mean I'm sure I mean I've noticed in the last several months I would say at least six months they've really have they've started doing a whole bunch of different things they've updated their app more. They have yep. done a lot of different things, different contests. They actually, I don't know if you noticed, but now they do like uh, video interpretation, mentoring and stuff like that now that you can follow. They have 
people that actually you know teach you how to make videos and stuff like that. So I mean, they are constantly adding new things to it. So maybe that might be something that's coming up shortly. Who knows? No, I didn't know about that. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I did get a, I did get an email from Rizzle a while back saying that like there were courses that I could take or whatever to like improve my videos. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that they were actually doing like coaching and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So I thought that that's was interesting. interesting. Who are they using to do this te to do this teaching? Are these other Rizzlers? I believe they are. I believe they are other people that are Rizzlers, and they're people that are in you know the video uh, field too as well. Like they do it professionally, and they do Rizzle as kind of like a uh, fun side gig, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I think Rizzle's great. I really do enjoy being on the app. I and I, I definitely, without question tell people all the time when I'm online on social media and stuff like that, I tell people to check Rizzle out all the time, you know, get on there and just check it out and see what you think. Because, you know, um, you don't have to be super talented. You don't have to be a superstar to go on there and make small one minute videos and actually make an impact. Not at all. I mean, I think I, I mean, look at that. I, I, you've probably seen him, the guy with the goat head. Yeah, yeah, that guy, like, I feel like if that guy can become as popular as he can, anybody can on Rizzle. <laughs> well, hey, man, I mean, look, you know, you know my story, uh, Cyber, um, and I think, Logan, you have somewhat of an idea mm. of the fact that back in July 2014, I was almost killed yep. um, standing up for my black best friend against a group of racists, and I came very close to dying that night. And I got into content creation because I am permanently disabled, and I needed something to do. So when I joined Rizzle... I had no idea what was going to happen on there. But lo and behold, I started making videos. And before you know it, people started listening to me. And now I'm a couple, I'm a couple days away from hitting my 100,000 subscriber. And I've got 7 million views. That's awesome. Yeah. And I never would have thought for a second, if you would have asked me when I first started on Rizzle, if that would have ever happened, I would have been like, hell no. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, why would anybody even want to watch me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like but, Logan, you should check it out, man. You should really go on Rizzle and just check it out and see what you think. Oh, I, will. I I feel like every creator has that though, where they're like, like whether it be like Rizzle or, or Twitter or not or not Twitter or YouTube or any creator thing. They're like, no one's gonna watch my thing. Why would I do this? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it just depends on on like what your goals are. If you're just looking for a hobby or like an outlet. You know what I mean? At that point, of course, you don't really have any expectation that you're going to become popular, you know? Mm -hmm. Most definitely. I mean, I think with Rizzle, I think one of the things about Rizzle that really is beneficial is that Rizzle is pretty big at this point, but it's small enough to where, um, you know, certain Rizzlers really stand out on the app. It's very easy to become popular on there. And one thing about Rizzle that's very interesting is that a lot of my subscribers and stuff like that are actually from India and are from Asia. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like these aren't all people like, like on TikTok, the majority of all my TikTok subscribers are all from America, but on Rizzle and cyber, you know all about this. There's a lot, lot, lot of Indian people on there that love to watch our oh, content. I know, yeah. I, every, uh, every day I get a, a notification with some new person of uh, following or subscribing and like they'll it'll have like 
some weird name going on or something like that or the symbols that you know over in india they use and i'll be like oh look yeah. another another uh indian uh subscriber or person watching because i've actually had a few um that have followed me that have posted like wanted to post videos on my channel and i mm-hmm. allowed it to happen just to see what would happen and like they got big hits from doing that so i mean it's it's Oh, I didn't even know you could do yeah, that. Yeah, like, they'll send you, like, a link or something like that, and, like, if you accept it, what it basically it would do is they have a video, and basically it's, like, connected to your platform, and people can view it. Oh, see, now, I, 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 I've done it before where I've saved other people's videos, like DC, yeah. for instance. I'll save one of his videos, and then I'll just go ahead and use it as a B-roll video yeah. on my account, mm-hmm. you know? Did they get rid of the whole agent thing, Cyber? Because when I went on there a couple weeks ago to try to look for it, I couldn't find it anymore. Yeah, I think they got rid of that. I think it's it's changed to the new format that they're doing. Because if you look at it, they're giving awards now. I don't know if you noticed that, because I've gotten a few awards from people. Um, I think... Yes, I've yeah, got a bunch so of them. I think that's the new agent thing. They're just not calling it agent anymore. It's now awards. Okay, so just 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 for just for shits and giggles, because we did have a little bit of a snafu when we first started this podcast, Logan, I'm just going to kind of reintroduce you just in case I can't edit that initial part of the podcast. So everybody out there in the audience, um, Logan is this is my first time working with Logan. His name is Logan Corbin. He has two podcasts, um, the, the live in the, the live in the, and learn. Uh, podcast and the crisis variety hour podcast through anger um he's a hardcore mcu fan going back to the the original uh you know movies of the mcu um longtime mcu fan he's a content creator um he has a youtube channel the the crisis variety hour on youtube um and again logan i hate to, to you know make you redo it and everything but would you would you mind introducing yourself yeah um yeah i don't mind um my name is Logan Corbin. I I've been watching like the MCU since I was like eight years old when the first Iron Man came out, and I've watched almost every Marvel movie since. Um, and I like making content and YouTube and everything. I I like m- making things that I feel have had a, a big impact on me, like that have kind of like built my character or built my opinions or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I do. Cool, yeah, cool. yeah. No, um, I, I what I really think everybody out there, you know, in the audience, you know, um, those of you who, who who stick with me and everything with this podcast, and thank you very much to all of you. By the way, why I have an opportunity to go ahead and say it, you know, I really do appreciate all of you. Every podcast I make, I get more listeners. Um, I'm starting to gain some traction as I'm starting to get more more content regularly out. Um, but thank you very much to all of you out there who end up checking out this podcast. Um, and thank you to Logan and thank you to cyber for being out here. And what I really thought was going to be, what I really thought was going to be a fun dynamic about this show was that Logan is a younger guy. How old I you am Logan? 19 turning 20 this year. Oh Jesus. I didn't, re- I didn't even realize yeah. you were that young, man. Cyber Logan is a pretty yeah, young that, guy, that's, man. That's young. That means, <laughs> yeah. That I mean, we were, we were well into adulthood when he was born. <laughs> Yes, yes, it makes me feel very, it really makes me feel very young. Um, 
So, so, so me and Cyber are, are old guys here. We're old farts. So like, you know, it's going to be an interesting dichotomy here with the podcast because we've got a really young MCU fan here. And then we've got Cyber who's got a couple years on me. Um, and then, you know, we're, I think we're about somewhat similar in age. Um, and so we've got him and I already have an established relationship with each other, but we're a lot older than Logan is. So I just thought that this, this whole collaboration would be great because I thought that Logan himself individually would really bring a different perspective to WandaVision and to the MCU content just because he sees things through a diff- through different lenses. I mean, you, are you a Gen Z or Lo- are you a Gen Z or Logan? Um, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I I think I think you are. I'm a millennial. What What are you? Saying? Are you a millennial? A millennial. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. Okay. So we've got so we've got three different yeah, generations here. A millennial and Gen Xers. So I'm like right there in the middle. Okay. Yeah. You're right in the line. Hey, that's a good place to be. I mean, a, a lot of people are giving millennials crap these days, which is unfortunate, but. Yeah, sometimes they do. They get a lot of crap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but they say the same the same stuff about Gen Z, too. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's just yeah, how things of, are. I mean, pretty much um, any of the – I've noticed within the recent few years, I'll, you know, Gen Z, Gen – what is it, Gen Y now or something like that. Uh, all of them, they all have been getting crap for whatever's going on. So it's it's a it's a usual thing going on for I think any you know any type of ge- you know generation. Yes. Okay, guys. So listen, let's jump into this podcast on one division. What I wanted to start off with was very something very simple. Okay, and uh, Cyber, if you want to chime in first, and then Logan, if you want to come yeah. in behind him. Okay. So what what did you guys think? about the initial opening scene of episode seven, WandaVision, where they kept showing different versions of Wanda's name spelled on like different, in, in, in different scenes. What did, how did, what did you think about that? Cyber? I thought did you it was like that? cool. I mean, I definitely know it's supposed to be referencing the office and, and referencing yes. uh, the modern family and stuff like that. Like those shows are right around that time frame. Uh, but I thought that was a really cool opening sequence for the fact that you got so many different iterations of Wanda's name. And at the same time, though, too, you kind of it fascinated you and it kept you entertained and interested in what's going to happen next. Because you're like, ooh, they took the time to to come up with all these different like, you know, basically remaking all these classic TV shows intros and adding it into WandaVision and just making it so fun. I really thought that was a really cool concept. Yeah. Well, I, I thought, I thought that it was based on the nineties. So you kind of, you, you actually like woke me up to that because I, I got the same feel that it was like, they were trying to do the office yep. and they were trying to do modern family. But for some reason, I thought that was them doing the nineties. I didn't realize yeah, that was the two thousand episode is supposed to be the nineties. Okay. Okay. And and so Logan, what did you think about that? I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really really funny. I thought it was really cool. And I um I like how each episode goes with the decades because it it shows like how much they can like take from other shows and just like you know pick some of this, pick some of that, and like morph it into what WandaVision like needs. You know, like make it their own, but also still yes. taking some stuff from some of the other shows. 
Yeah, and you know what I think is neat too is how the, how how all the technology and the furniture and everything in their house yeah. changes mm-hmm. from decade to decade. It's really neat. You know what I mean? Like seeing the video game mm-hmm. systems the kids mm-hmm. have and stuff like that. And like, you know, um, I mean, you know, overall, I mean, um, what did, what did you think? What Either one of you guys can, can start, but I want to hear from both of you. What is your overall take with the whole series in, in terms of the fact that we've gotten this far now? We've gotten through episode eight. So we've got eight. We've had eight weeks of this. You know, in the beginning, I heard that there were actually a lot of MCU fans that were not happy with the fact that they were doing this whole sitcom era deal with the beginning of the, the first couple episodes. What is like, like uh, Logan, why don't you start? How do you feel now that we've had eight weeks of WandaVision? How do you feel about the whole sitcom feel that they've done? I think it was really cool because, okay. Because the way that I think about it is like Marvel has had this like formula, right. For like all their movies and everything. Like, yeah, they're, they're different in characters and plot and everything, but at the same time, it still has that same type formula. But then for, like, WandaVision, they're like, all right, let's change it up. Let's let's do something new. And that's that's what I really like about it. Good point. Good point. I mean, Cyber? All in all, I mean, the whole, like, idea of recreating all the different decades uh, – was kind of like an interesting at you know aspect to the show too like logan was saying you know mcu has had that same formula for so long you know to change it up they decided to kind of do this with wandavision but at the same time i think that they were trying to kind of you know bring back a little bit of nostalgia from the old shows that we've watched over the years and kind of help bring Wanda full vision to as well because if you remember in episode 8 we get where Wanda is watching the Dick Van Dyke show with her parents and her you know brother yeah. before the Stark you know missile launches and destroys their home and you know unfortunately kills her parents and so i think that this whole nostalgia thing too and going each decade in the different sitcoms is just kind of bringing WandaVision whole circle because it's going back to that fact that we just found out that Wanda was a huge sitcom watcher. So I don't think they were trying to use the formula exactly for this series, but they were trying to give something, a new story to add to Wanda, I feel, is kind of where they were trying to go with it. That's a great point. That is that I'm really glad that you tied that together because that's exactly what I was just thinking while Logan and you were both talking. I was thinking to myself that in reality, they really didn't do the sitcom era stuff with every episode just to be nostalgic. They did it specifically because it intertwines with Wanda's history. Very much so. Very much so. I, that's what I that's what I got from kind of like as I was watching episode eight and when they uh, decided to, you know, they, you know, they were going through kind of that backstory and everything. And then after watching it and kind of thinking about it. And then after we talked earlier, I feel like it's that started kind of processing ahead. I'm like, Oh, wait a second. You know, that could be. And then what Logan said totally made me like it, like totally clicked. And like, that's what's going on. That's, you know, what's, I feel is what's happening. Yeah. 
they're tying they're tying it all together for us like that's what they're doing they're giving us the backstory to explain the whole reason why Wanda chose because because she's the one that's that's directing her this reality so it's her it's her on her own that is creating these sitcom versions that they're living in in every episode that's all her it certainly is and I mean of course you know we were finding out that you know this has a, a lot to do with what's going on with it but at the same time she does. She's she's pulling strings, but when it boils down to it, even Agatha Harkness went ahead and said yep. that it was all Wanda using her chaos magic that created the I was entire. Af- I was afraid that when it was revealed that you know about Agatha and everything, I was afraid that Marvel was going to just say that it was her. That you know that Wanda had nothing to do with it. Hmm. Okay. So, so you you for a moment there you actually were concerned that maybe like Wanda wasn't actually in control. Yeah, of the reality? I, I feel like if they did that, if they had made it to where it was Agatha all along, I guess you could say, um, then it would have taken away from from the interesting factor, like why Wanda did what she did, or you know, it would have just been like it would yes. just been like oh yeah. I did yes. this. Like it, it. I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't have been as in, as inspiring or as in. It would. It would. Have, yeah. It would have cheapened the show a little bit. And of course, of course, when you go further down into the episode, you then find out from listening mm-hmm. to Agatha talk to Wanda that in all reality, Agatha is not even close to being as powerful as Wanda is, and she actually wants to know how the hell Wanda even managed mm-hmm. to put this thing together to begin with. That is. Hmm. Which is really neat. I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get into that in just a minute anyway. So why don't we stop beyond that because we're about to get into that topic. Um, so let me ask you guys and Cyber if you want to start, and then Logan if you want to come in behind him. How did you feel about the reality TV style interview segments they did with Wanda in episode seven in the beginning, and all and and all the ones they did with the different characters in general, like Vision and Darcy. Um, how did you guys feel about that whole? that whole way of going about doing the episode. Did you enjoy those like one-on-one interview style type deals? Like, um, was it boring? Uh, I mean, I what was, did you think about the it, Cyber? Time watching the episode, I was laughing kind of in the background because all I could think of was The Office and Parks and Rec and shows that are very similar in that style. Modern Family, where they go to the specific person and they're you know, given their kind of back insight. And I personally, I thought it was a really clever take for that new episode, and I really enjoyed it. And I loved, like, all the different times that they went back and, you know, uh, Wanda is, like, trying to explain something, and she's kind of like, well, I'm going to give myself a timeout, you know, and stuff like that. That was absolutely hilarious. And I just thought it was a really clever and fun uh, direction to take the show in uh, and to kind of, you know, flush out the whole sitcom uh, you know, era type of deal, and I just thought it was a really clever and fun idea. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a along with flushing out her character more and, and flushing out her actual thoughts on the on yeah. her whole situation or her whole plight. Um, yeah, I I thought it was a I thought it was a cool idea because like like she was legitimately just explaining you know in her point of view. Like, yeah, we've seen it. But we just have to like guess on like how she's feeling, or anything like or something like that. But 
in in that episode, she just tells you like straight up, like you know. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, she's yeah. she's like she's like I don't know what's going on mm-hmm. with my magic. You know what I mean? Like when, during the, during those scenes where like when she tried to get the bowl of cereal and the milk kept yeah. changing into different kinds of milk and all that, and there were a couple different times during that episode where you saw mm-hmm. her magic kind of go on the fritz, like just get, get, get almost like uncontrolled. And what I thought was really interesting. And this, this reflects off of like what cyber and you said, Logan is the fact that it was the first opportunity we had to actually see mm-hmm. Wanda vulnerable for once, like, and admit and admitting that she was vulnerable and admitting that like, she seemed, she seemed very carefree mm-hmm. about the whole thing with her magic. But she admitted that, like, hey, I don't even know what the hell's going yeah, on right now. Yeah, was thinking that. Yeah, I mean, that whole plight and that whole kind of, like, scene uh, with that, when she doesn't know what's going on, why her powers are doing that, uh, I think, in my opinion, that that actually has to do with Agatha or who possibly Agatha is working for. Now, we, we talked about that earlier, Jeff. Yes. About that type of deal like you know there was big fan theories about you know like rouse you know before agatha was kind of you know released and told that she was kind of pulling the strings you know there was the whole nightmare mephisto and all different types of people that could be you know doing something yeah and uh i think that that has that's actually proving our point that there is somebody else involved with this other than agatha i think Yes. So, Logan, what do you think about that? I think there's. I mean, I mean, do you, I mean, do you honestly believe that Agatha? I know they showed the whole scene there where Agatha was like doing certain things mm-hmm. during out the, the during the course of the show. But do you feel do you feel like Agatha is no. really in control no. and like running the show? I think somebody else is in the background. Somebody else is in the background. And then I think I think that that I got you. whatever happens in the next episode will tie into uh, the second Doctor Strange. I think. Well, Cyber actually, Cyber was actually telling me earlier today that he believes that that we're going to get two more episodes. I thought that it was. I thought it only went to nine episodes, though. But you got to think about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. This is not a. We don't know this factually, but you got to think about it, Logan. With the way mm-hmm. they left things off with episode eight, there's still a there's still a lot of loose yeah, ends right. and a lot of story to be told. To be able to pull that off in one episode, mm-hmm. it would have to be a two hour long episode, you know. And plus, Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out next, and it by the t- when it comes out, I believe 13th. you said earlier, Cyber, that it comes out on the twelfth, yep. the thirteenth. If 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 the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming out. On the thirteenth, and they already have said Marvel. Kevin Feige's already said these Disney Plus series are going to go back to back to back to back. There's never going to be any any yeah. skipping of a beat in between each series. At that point, it only makes it only makes time sense yeah. that there would be two more episodes. But I guess we'll see. It just seems like I mean, like and Cyber and I were discussing this earlier. It seems like because of the direction they took with episode eight where they really delve deeply into like the backstory mm-hmm. of Wanda and everything like that and whatnot, 
I really feel like they diverted a lot of attention from the rest of the show, the rest of the cast and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's still so much to be flushed out with Vision, with Sword, with Monica Rambeau, with Darcy. I mean, you know, all these characters still have to have their, you know, their yeah. happy ending for the series. You know what I mean? Well, it's either going to be a happy ending or a bad ending. We don't know yet. I mean, who knows what's going to happen to Vision when this is all said and done. Um, but so what I really thought was interesting, you know, just jumping on was when Agnes gets the Agnes gets the boys. Right. And she has them in her house and uh, Wiccan says to Agnes, you're quiet, mm-hmm. Agnes, on the inside. What did you guys think about that? Lo- Logan, what did you think about that when he said I that? Think, I think that Agnes, like, I think Agnes was trying to hide whatever she was thinking in that moment, somehow using so- something of her magic so uh, Wiccan can read her mind or feel anything. So I think, yeah, I think she was just trying to make sure, because if, if she just let her thoughts just roam around, I feel like he would have known and he would have tried to like leave or something, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it can what do you go think, Cyber? twofold, I feel. I mean, it can go in any direction with that, you know, that scene can be, you know, thought of in different ways, I feel. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely what Logan said is a possibility. Uh, also, with how, you know, long, you know, Agatha has been around and all the stuff she's seen... She could basically have a, you know, a darkness to her that just can't be seen by a telepath. So at the same time, you know, he might have not been able to see what Agatha was thinking because, you know, there's just been so much tragedy that has befallen her and what she's seen that, you know, it's possible that there just there's a void there that and, you know, a telepath just couldn't see or, you know, feel what she's feeling. Also, like, you know, like Logan was saying, maybe, you know, Agatha put a, you know, a spell of some sort that could have, you know, could have blocked it. That's that's what I think it is. Yes. I think think she used a spell because remember later on, you find out that Wanda can't can't read her mind either. So I think she used a hex or a spell when she entered that reality to where when Wiccan said that to her, he was being very individualistic towards towards Agatha Harkness as if like she's the only person in the entire like reality that he can't read their mind. You know what I mean? Where, mm-hmm. where she's actually quiet, like in her mind. I think that she I mean, I think she's been a witch in the comic books. She was she's been alive for thousands of years based on the uh, based on the series on the show and the way that the way that episode eight starts. They make it sound like yeah, she's yeah. been alive for at least a couple hundred years. Um, so at that point, she's obviously a very powerful witch. And, it, it, you know, you would figure that, like, it would not have been very difficult for her to use a spell or whatever to mask and not be able to allow Wanda to telepathically listen to her her, her, her thoughts and stuff like that. And I think that during the series... I think that for some reason, Wanda just never bothered to try to do that with her. That's why she never realized, oh, shit, I can't yeah. hear Ag- yeah. Agatha's thoughts. I think I think that, like, well, I think I, in, whenever Wanda and Agatha have that conversation in her, in her basement, 
Like, she had runes, like, all across the walls. So, like, Wanda couldn't really do much. So I I feel like maybe that could have also been the case. Like, maybe it just spread throughout her entire house, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, they also showed what what I don't know for a fact to be, but they also showed a book down there in the basement that I think may actually be an important thing. I think that um, like everyone keeps that. like theorizing that it is if if you go back and watch Doctor Strange, there's a book missing whenever he goes to Wong. And everyone keeps assuming that that's the book. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, I've, I've seen that theory too. Well, I I I mean from a comic book standpoint, there are a couple of old books that are known throughout history that have been around since yeah. like the beginning of like, of like mankind um, that, that are, that are like very powerful books that certain people can use like Dr. Strange, you know, Agatha Harkness can use to, you know, use mm-hmm. different kinds of like dark magic and stuff like that. I can't remember the name of the one book that's very well known in the comic book universe but I think that that book is going to end up being important because they wouldn't have showed us the book yeah. if it wasn't going to play some kind of role. Um, and I'll, this is just kind of like a side question. Um, going back to a conversation I had with Cyber earlier, who do you guys think Ralph is? Because in every single episode except for one, my, uh, um, Agatha Harkness has mentioned t- that Ralph, talking about Ralph. Like, I mean, uh, Cyber, Ralph, who do you think Ralph is? In my opinion, I think is definitely probably the other person that's pulling the ties. And when she's referring to Ralph, that's who she's talking about. Uh, I don't, you know, they're just giving him the title Ralph or it or whatever it is. Uh, the, that title for right now, you know, because they don't want to give away who it is. So I feel that it possibly definitely could be the other person that yeah. is helping or working with Agatha and pulling the strings that she is. Most definitely. It could be Mephisto. I yeah, definitely could be Mephisto. What I do don't know. Um, I mean, I have to agree with Cyber, but uh, about the whole Mephisto thing, I don't know if Marvel would do that. Because because I, I believe they have... Um, like, <clears throat> there's a rule in, like that they have with, with, you know, uh, the Chinese entertainment and everything that anything that's like, that's like the devil or something. Cause the devil or Mephisto is like the devil in Marvel. Right. So I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just to be, just to be clear, and this is just, this is for Logan and for the audience, just, just to, from an educational standpoint, Mephisto is one of the most pivotal mm-hmm. villains in the MCU history. I mean, he, he goes back to like the 1960s and literally just to be clear, um, there are certain aspects of the MCU that are going to be coming up, up in the mm-hmm. next couple of years, like Ghost Rider coming out, Blade, um, the Midnight Suns, like that whole aspect mm-hmm. of the MCU, the occult, you know, vampires, monsters, werewolves. When, when, if, when they go in that direction, you can't do mm-hmm. that without Mephisto. You have yeah. to have him. Do you see what I'm saying? Because he, he's intertwined with all of it. 
He is the devil. Yes, he is. He is. He's not the devil. He's the MCU. Yeah, right. He's the he's the Marvel Comics version of Satan. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's not actually the devil. He's not Lucifer. And he can take any form he wants. He can be any person. Um, he can he can come to Earth if he wants to and like walk around and be a person on Earth. But he basically he rules over um, yep. the MCU's yeah. version of hell. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. WandaVision has been very, very good at surprising us with different with different things that have happened during the show and really keeping us on our toes as far as, like, what's going on and surprising us with stuff. I mean, is it possible that, that, that they could not even use Mephisto in the series at all? Yeah, that, it's very possible. Uh, and I know what you're talking about, Logan. I do. I know that, like, when it boils down to it, you know, of course, Disney does care about yeah. being able to sell their content in China. Um, and China does have restrictions on that stuff. I do know what you mean. Um, but at the same time, it's just very hard for me to, to grasp what character could possibly be Ralph that would be that close to, to Agnes and everything like that and be above Agnes and so kind of like running her I, show. A lot of people have been theorizing that Wanda's technically a mutant because, you know, she had her powers before she she was with, she had interacted with the mind stuff. Well, yeah, they they haven't revealed it yet, and I'm not sure if they're going to reveal it in the series or not. We're going to talk about this in a minute anyway. I don't know if they're going to open up the whole Mm -hmm. can of worms of mutants in this series. I thought they were going to. Um, but she is a mutant. Um, her parents that you see in episode eight, those are not her birth parents. Those are her adoptive parents. Her real parents are Magneto and his former wife, which, which I cannot remember her name at the top of my head. And she, she obviously she became a mutant because Magneto is her father. And I thought, I thought it's very interesting that you mentioned that because, um, one thing that I thought that was really cool, you know what? I'm, let me save this because this is, we're going to be delving into episode eight for this. So let me save on this. And guys, just so you know, just for a heads up, we're at the 40 minute mark right mm. now. And anchor only allows me to do an hour at a time. So in about 15 minutes, I'm going to have to go ahead and cancel this session and then yeah. drop you guys okay. new links so we can restart the show. Okay, and and I'll just use that as like a break anyway, where I can throw in an advertisement or something like that, you know. Um, So, okay, this is something I think you guys will enjoy talking about. I loved how when Monica tried to enter the barrier in the sword vehicle, it got spit back out, but half of it was all retro from being changed or 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 recoded by Wanda's powers. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, wasn't that awesome when the truck got spit out? I mean, it totally, like, it, it never occurred to me for a second that I, I didn't think the vehicle would make it through the barrier, but I didn't think that the vehicle would actually yeah, get that changed was, into, that like, an hard. 80s Jeep. I mean, I mean every, pretty much everything, like, in the scene at the end of 7, when Wanda expands the hex, I mean, everything starts changing and altering. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, if it was the, that vehicle was trying to go in the hex, 
you know, it'd be dumb for them not to allow it to, you know, morph just like everything else did. So that fact that they kept that and made it do that was really a fun concept and a fun addition to that film. Well, well it makes you wonder, uh, you know, and this is this is to Logan and to Cyber. It makes you wonder what changed with, with Wanda's magic, with the hex and everything and whatnot, because up until that truck, basically everybody, everything that had, that had tried to go through the barrier had, that had gone through, except well, for the truck. What did you th- what did you think about that, Logan? Like, well, I mean, if you had to surmise like, why that happened, what did either Wanda was just trying to keep the outside like outside, just purposely doing it, or it could just be her magic because we saw how her magic was being all flimsy and not acting right when with the uh, was it the eighth episode, I believe, and um, yeah, and I I think that could also yeah. be a case, but. She could also just be purposely doing it herself. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, that maybe because of the fact that she knows that sword's outside there anyway, that maybe Mm -hmm. she decided to tighten up security with the barrier. Um, Because, I mean, and this this is going to launch right into the next topic we're going to talk about, which is the awesome freaking scene, I think probably the best scene in Episode 7, where major moment where we actually see Monica Rambeau get ejected from the truck and then decide to take Mm. off her helmet and just push through the barrier herself unscathed and unchanged when she gets through it. And she goes through this whole process while she's going through the barrier where you can hear like other people talking to her. Like you can hear her mother talking Mm. to her. You can hear Captain Marvel Mm. in there a little bit. Like you can hear Captain Marvel talking because you have to remember Yes. Captain Marvel was best friends with Monica Rambeau's mother. Um, and Captain Marvel knew Monica Rambeau as a child. Um, but I loved that whole scene. I loved it. And what was you guys' initial take? Cyber, if you want to go first, what was your initial take on that whole scene where she clearly now, not only did she get through the, the, through the, the force field, through the, 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 the barrier, which in, in, in previous instances had sucked her in for some reason, not, not pushed her out. Now it actually was hard for her to get through. And now we finally so, actually mean, see that she now when, has developed her powers. When the scene was going to happen, I knew something was going to happen because the rumor mill was going around that, you know, one of her alter egos was going to become, like, apparent and it was going to happen in WandaVision. And uh, when as she's pushing through and she's like changing and altering and hearing the voices and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, well, she's getting her powers. And I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, which one are they going to decide for her to be? Because she's been so many different ones. And so when she, so do I? Let me. Cut, I don't mean to cut you off, Cyber, but do you think that it was when she pushed through the barrier that that was actually like the final yes, straw that did kick in her powers? A couple episodes before, that her DNA is altered both times she's gone through it. So this time, why wouldn't that third and final yes. alteration of her DNA cause those or that manifestation that you already kind of saw prior to that? And making it become full tilt and fully turn her into who she becomes. 
And what made her think that she Probably could push she through that barrier like that? She had started becoming whoever she was, I feel. Yeah. 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 She must have been able to feel that something was changing with her. Um, Logan, what did you think of her finally becoming Photon? If that's what they're going to end up having her be, I'm not sure yet. Because she's been many different characters before in the comics. But what what did you think? I mean, not having any uh-huh. not having any real comic background to work with, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was your initial take on her getting through the barrier? I thought it was interesting because I thought that I mean, like the barrier just spit out that. the truck, but like it still changed it. But it didn't do the same thing with her. Like I figured, like if she tried to go through, it would just like push her out, but it didn't. Or I mean, I'm sure it tried to, but she wouldn't let it. So I I think it I think it was interesting that she was able to get through and what Cyber was saying that it must have like helped trigger what was inside of her to to you know give her the powers. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's actually interesting because if you if you think about it, now Monica Rambeau is becomes yet another person who has gained her powers mm-hmm. based on the Mind Stone, if you think about it. Because Wanda's magic, her powers, although yeah. she was born with them, yeah. she was she was born a, a witch. That's why she's the Scarlet Witch. But her powers only only became magnified and became as powerful as they are when she was experimented on with Hydra Mind Stone. and she bonded with the 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 um the mind gem. Yeah, the uh, the Mind Stone. Um, what I really thought was really neat, and you guys can uh, can give me your opinions on this, was I really liked how when uh, Monica Photon, when she when she got through the barrier, she could actually see Wanda's power. Mm-hmm. She could see Wanda's energy coursing through the town, coursing through mm-hmm. the telephone poles, coursing through the houses and everything and whatnot. I mean that was a really big deal because like, you know, in the comics, one of her main powers is the fact that she can, um, she can see any type of energy that is in front of her. Like she can detect any source of energy that is in front of her or near her. And she can also mimic that energy. She can, she can shoot projectile energy blasts and stuff like that of that same energy. So, what did you think? I mean, Logan, what did you think when you saw her eyes turn green? I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a really cool way of, like, showing what, what she could see with her powers. Like, instead of just, like, leaving us on a cliffhanger and like for the episode and be like, okay, yeah, she has powers now, but what are they? Like, they kind of gave us a little bit of a hint, you know? Yes, they did. And just for those of you in the audience who don't know from, you know, who maybe didn't never read the comics or whatever, um, her, her eyes turning green is a direct link to her becoming photon because as photon in the comics, her outfit is green. That's, that's, that's the color of her uniform, her, you know, of her costume. It's green. Um, and you know, uh, I mean, honestly, cyber, um, we oh, talked about yeah. this a little bit before. I know you scene. really enjoyed that whole I mean, scene, the fact right? That you know she came out and through from the hex as after you know pushing through the hex, and then she sees the whole world like she does. You're like, whoa! Like that's just like blows you away. 
and then all of a sudden she kind of blinks her eyes and she's able to see normal again. Uh, and, you know, you know, the point that you brought out about her eyes turning green, um, that also was like a huge indication. You're like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, she's got her powers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, it kind of makes me wonder. I'm kind of mystified a little bit. I wonder what it is exactly about yeah. Wanda specifically that Monica Rambeau feels so attached that she has to help her. You know what I mean? Like, do you guys have I'm, any opinions on what that is? Like what that connection is? Connection to, you know, kind of the, the new phase uh, for the MCU dealing with, you know, Dr. Strange two and with Captain Marvel two. I wonder if there's, you know, because there are rumors going around. I've read articles that, Scarlet Witch is supposed to pop up in Captain Marvel 2. So I don't know if that's leading us on to, you know, that connection later she... down the line. Oh, and I didn't hear that. I I, I know she's going to yeah, be in Spider-Man like 3 and she's going to be in Doctor Strange 2, but I didn't hear about Captain Marvel 2. Within the last week or so that um, he was either in one of the articles that was talking about Doctor Strange 2 or Spider-Man. And saying that, oh, yeah, now they're saying that she's going to pop up. There's a good possibility she's popping up in Captain Marvel 2 as well. I wasn't aware that, I wasn't aware that she was going to be in Spider-Man 3. Well, Monica Ram... Yeah, go ahead, Logan. She is, because basically the way that they ended up, the way they ended up doing it, and they didn't tell us until, like, two months ago, is that Marvel decided to make this whole thing a trilogy. WandaVision is, hmm. is part one, Spider-Man 3 is part two, and Doctor oh, Strange 2 is part three of a multiverse trilogy. Yes, it's good. They're all going to be intertwined, and the Scarlet Witch is going to be a major character yeah, I, in Spider-Man 3. trilogy uh, aspect. That, which is going to be interesting. WandaVision was supposed to be part one, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange 2 were supposed to be the other two. Yeah. Yeah, all the directors have been working together and everything to try yeah. to like put the story together so that it all like it all ties. Um, and then of course the whole thing's going to be wrapped up in Doctor Strange Two, Multiverse of Madness, and also it's been said for a long time now that Monica Rambeau is going to be a major character That's in Captain Marvel too. Two, probably the biggest character other than Captain Marvel. Which I'm excited for because I don't know about you guys, but mm. I absolutely love the actress. That yeah, I think she's. I think, she's, I think she's great. I mean, I don't know. You, you know, you tell me, mm. Logan. It's a small cast on Wandavision. It is. It's a very small cast. So, you know, um, I guess you know some 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 other characters had to stand mm. out. And she definitely is the standout character yeah, of the series, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, she's... I mean, you can definitely, you can definitely see that, yeah, she's got, definitely. that she's got a hell of a future in the them, MCU. I can see them definitely using her a lot. I mean... Yeah. Oh, she's going to be in the Avengers. In the, in the comic books, that. she actually leads that. the yeah, Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, 
No, she's going to be an Avenger. Yeah. I mean, she's a very young actress. They're definitely going to keep her around. Um, I don't know when they're going to reveal her full powers. I don't think I don't think we're going to see it during Wandavision. I don't think I don't think that that I don't think there's going to be enough time for her to grasp. I think that that the whole totality of what she can do. The main components of Captain Marvel too. That's what I think is going to happen. That makes sense. Because, I mean, we talked about this before, Cyber. In the comics, um, Photon, Monica Rambeau, yeah. is one of the most powerful Avengers out there. I mean, she has a ton of abilities. Like, literally. I mean, she doesn't just have, like, one power or two powers. Yeah, she can do tons of different somewhere. things. Um, not in the comic books, unfortunately. Just an article. And I remember them talking about how, uh, you know, Photon... Uh, or Monica Rambo, she is, you know, she could pretty much outmax Captain Marvel at that point because of just how much her powers have developed and just like... Yes. They yeah. mimic Captain Marvel's, they, they actually very much mimic Captain Marvel's powers because Photon can fly, she can, she can shoot, she can shoot energy blasts with her hands and she can also enlarge herself like ant-man does and she can shrink herself <laughs> down to that like a, a molecular level if she wants to yes and again she can absorb and then project <laughs> any type of energy known to man you had that ability Well, when you saw her go, when you saw her at the end of episode seven mm -hmm. in that in that final sequence during the during the um, the end of the show, when you saw her try to go into Agatha Harkness' basement, yep. did you yep. guys notice that she could see Agatha Harkness' <laughs> power? Yep. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's her power. That's what she can do. Um, listen, everybody. Um, listen, uh, Cyber Logan and uh, everybody out there. We're going to take a quick one-minute break just to switch over to another hour. Um, um, so, I, Cyber, Logan, if you guys will, will stay I, with me. I'm I have to go uh, let my dog outside right real quick, but then I'll be right back. I will get back with – go ahead. Okay. Okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't we just have – why don't that we works. just take a five-minute break, okay? All right. How's that sound, Cyber? Hey, everybody, we're back. I'm back with Logan. I'm back with Cyber. We're going to try to see if we can't wrap up this uh, WandaVision review uh, for episode seven and eight. I feel like probably the three of us could probably talk for four hours about this topic if we wanted to. Oh, yeah, but, sure. um, I don't think we're actually going to do that, though, because I don't think that that's going to work out from a time you know limit constraint. We all have lives. so. Um, but basically where we left off was I wanted to get into – something that I really thought was very interesting and a very neat twist in episode seven, which was I really enjoyed the Darcy and Vision team-up collaboration. Um, you know, what did you think? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll start with you, Logan. Logan, what were your thoughts on the whole, you know, deal with uh, Vision waking up and finding Darcy and snapping her out of the hex and then them riding around in that truck? I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting how Darcy tried to explain to Vision, like, how everything went down. And because obviously Vision, you know, doesn't remember anything before Westview or whatever. So I, I thought, I mean, 
I mean, I guess you could say it's like exposition, but at the, I at the same time, like I just enjoyed the scene. I, I I really enjoyed it. Well, it was exposition, but it was also new. Yeah. And what did you think, Cyber? I mean, that whole scene was really awesome. I really enjoyed it. I love that you know Darcy finally got you know snapped out of that hex, uh, you know, zombie mode. And then she's basically kind of filling in vision with all the information that he doesn't know because, you know, he's basically a manifestation of Wanda's. And you uh, you just get to see a really great kind of camaraderie between the two and their banter it was just really fun. And I, I just really enjoyed their kind of their relationship, how it kind of grew and how, you know, Vision's like, he sees what's going on, and he's just kind of like, what the hell is going on? And it just, I, I thought it was just a really fun and awesome scene. Me too. If anything, I would have loved to have seen more of it, to tell you the truth. And I hope that we do get to see more of them together. Um, I don't know what Darcy's role is going to play in the next episode, with her being in the hex and everything like that. Like, I don't know what, what kind of role she's going to have. Um in terms of, like, what she's going to do, you know, like, I mean, um, you know, obviously she's probably going to pop up at Ag Agatha Harkness's place um, at some point. And um, what I, you know, one thing that I really noticed throughout that whole thing that really stood out to me is the fact that um, during the first couple weeks of WandaVision, the series, we all had different thoughts and different ideas as to, like, how Vision came back to life, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we all had different theories. Everybody had different theories on how, how it happened and everything. And then we, of course, saw Hayward show that fake video of her stealing Vision's body and then reanimating it or whatever, which we now know is bullshit. Mm. Um, and what I really noticed, what, I, what, I, what, what keeps standing out to me, really, is that um, if you go back and you think about Vision's appearances in the other MCU films... His character in WandaVision is very, very different than how he was in the films. Mm. Yep, totally agree. And of course, that has to do with the fact that, as we later find out at the end of episode eight, Wanda literally recreated him from her own memories. Yep, yep. So, you know, at that point, I guess it would make sense that he wouldn't be exactly the same vision that we got used to. Exactly, mm. yep. You know, because he's kind of incomplete. You know what I mean? And it's very interesting, Logan, what you talked about, what I find interesting when I think about vision, you know, as a character in the, in the series, what, what, what I find very amazing is like what it must be like to be him, right? Mm -hmm. And like, like he said to Darcy, what am I now? Like, after she explained to him what happened with Infinity War and Endgame and everything, mm. he says to her, what am I now? And that's got to be a very interesting quandary to be in if you're Vision, to not know, like, who am I? Yeah. It's, um, I think it's a really interesting take on Vision. Because, you know, from, you knew coming into WandaVision that... You know, we already knew that Vision was dead. He died in Infinity War. And so the fact that they were bringing him back and just how it was going on, you don't, you know, you weren't sure where they were going to take it. So at the same time, because of that, I think that's why they kind of 
built this different vision and gave us a whole different outlook on who vision is. And I think that was a wise and fun choice. Well, what it is, is what you're seeing is you're seeing the projection of vision that Wanda wants the, the vision that Wanda wanted for their, for their life. Because if you look at his demeanor during the WandaVision series, he is not talking or acting like the vision that we saw before in the movies at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he, it's almost like he's almost programmed by Wanda to, to, to just live that like suburban lifestyle and everything and raise kids and stuff like that, because that's what Wanda wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, he is autonomous. He did try to leave the town and everything, you know, um, which I know this is actually out of the scope of like the episode seven or episode eight, but how did you guys feel just to go back in retrospect? How did you feel about the scene where, and Logan, you can start off where vision tries to break through the reality, through the barrier. How did you feel about that whole scene? Well, I, at, at first I didn't think, vision was alive like i thought it was i don't know if you guys have ever seen mr robot or not but it's one of my favorite shows um but i thought i I thought it was something like that like it was just in her head like something like that but then when he like oh so you thought you thought he you thought he had no physical presence at all yeah i thought that it was just wanda seeing him and for some reason we were seeing him as well Hmm? i thought that's what they were going to go for but they they went for the actual, like, she actually created them off of her memories and everything. So I, I thought it was really interesting how when he actually left, you could see, like, the stream, like, connecting him to the, to the hex. I thought that was interesting and kind of creepy. Yes, I did too. Yeah, what do you think, Cyber? Yeah, I mean, that whole scene was really interesting because when it first starts to happen, you're like, okay, when he... he, he pulls out of it you're thinking okay he got out of the hex and then all of a sudden when the hex started pulling him back and pulling off pieces you're like okay so that just confirmed that he is physically there that it's not projection like logan was take saying how he could have been just all in wanda's head and then the fact that though that he was being pulled apart you're like thinking okay now that kind of makes me think wait a second i I don't think it could be his physical body that supposedly Wanda stole. And so that whole scene kind of really helped, you know, encase the fact that, yes, he was brought back somehow, but how? And, you know, what? how was he, you know, being there without him being that, you know, his original physical form? That's a good point because if he, if that was his original body and Wanda had reanimated his body, he would have been able to go through the force field fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is very interesting. It's very interesting that even though Wanda recreated him and everything and whatnot, he does like have enough memory to realize that he's a good guy, yep. and his only concern upon leaving the barrier was to tell them, help the people. Yeah. Help the people in the town. Yep, it, yep. It, it makes me question if the kids are the same way. Because if they... If yes, they, that's what I was if, Thank you, Logan. That's what I was If they are indeed, like, trying to set up, like, you know, the X-Men or the mutants or whatever, then technically they also are considered mutants. So 
They're trying to set up. They're trying to set up the Young Avengers, yeah. and Wiccan and Speed are in the Young Avengers. Yeah. So, does that mean that if they leave the void, they're gonna die? Vision almost did, or are they just gonna be alive for some odd reason? See, now that's a really good question. It, there is definitely a connection there with Vision leaving the the um, the reality, the hmm. hex, and then disintegrating, and then taking into consideration. Okay, so what are the kids? And that's where there has to be another villain. There has to be another character having to do with the Hex and having to do with Wanda's powers because those are her children. And this could very, very easily be Mephisto because in the comics, the only way she gets pregnant because Vision can't have kids is because Mephisto gives her a sliver of his own soul and infuses them into the children. They're like parts of him hmm. through Wanda. And so when you see in episode eight, when you see Agatha Harkness like constraining the kids, like choking them or hmm. whatever, and Wanda's trying to save them and everything and whatnot, um, if those kids were just like Vision and they were just created or whatever, why would Agatha Harkness even have to like constrain them? Hmm. And beyond that, how did she, how did the kids manage to like grow up and have the same powers as Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch if they're just recreations? Very good point. Very good point. I mean, at that point, you'd have to think that to some extent, they are her biological kids. Yep. So I, I was, I don't know if you guys watched the channel film theory or not on YouTube or not, but. Um, they brought up a good point that Wanda created her own reality. Like, that's why there's a whole bunch of that yeah. radiation all over the place, because that was, like, she basically created her own Big Bang and just, like, created it. Like, it's it's there. It's a thing. So what happens, what if she's pulling people from other universes or whatever? That's what they said. Was I think it's the Mind Stone. I think the reason that she was able to create the reality mm-hmm. is because she was she she. I mean, she bonded with the Mind Stone. Yeah. When you see that scene in episode in episode eight, where they show her being experimented at the Hydra base and mm-hmm. everything, and and um and when they put this the 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 when they put the cipher in there with the, with the Mind Stone in it, the scepter, mm-hmm. the Mind Stone actually jumps from the scepter and comes yeah. to her. You yeah. know what I mean? It's almost like it's almost like there was some kind of subliminal connection between the Mind Stone, the Infinity Stone, and Wanda herself. Yeah. And I believe that um, the reason why she was able to have the power to be able to do the hex and create this reality is because she's been infused with the powers of the Infinity Stone in ways that are different than any other character in the MCU. That's a good one. And then, of course, you've got to take into consideration what we talked about yeah. earlier. The fact that even though they haven't talked about it yet, she is also a mutant. Yeah. That is true. Well, which, that, 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 that begs another question. When do you guys think that they're actually going to reveal that she's well, a mutant? Well, I, I think I, I would, like, scream out loud if this happens. But, like... Everyone keeps saying that there's a mystery person that Paul Bettany worked with, like on Wandavision. Magneto. Yeah. 
The uh, Michael Michael uh, Fazbender's uh, Magneto. Yeah, I loved him as Magneto. I thought yeah. he was a great. I, I loved I loved the Fox X Men universe type ordeal, and I think it would be great if they if they kept him as Magneto. I thought it'd be really cool. Oh, you, then you'll be best friends with Cyber because Cyber absolutely loves the Fox X Men universe. <laughs> yep. That's Cyber yeah. shit right there, man. <laughs> He's he's very protective of those movies. Dark Phoenix. Nice. Yeah, I crossed I I crossed I crossed Cyber the wrong way one day, and I and I slanted one of the X Men movies, and Cyber got out got on my ass. (laughs) He didn't he didn't like that shit. (laughs) Well, I don't think I I I got on your ass. I just think I kind of tried to help enlighten you to like it better. I'm just kidding, man. I know you've never done anything like that to me before. Look. It was my fault to begin with. It's it's never a logical thing to do to poo-poo a film that you've never actually seen yeah. before just based on reviews yeah. from YouTube. You know, I mean, let's be honest. When it boils down to it, you guys both know. You guys both really enjoy movies and you like to do content revolving yeah. movies. We all We all have our own perspectives when we watch a film. And, you know, uh, in reality... Probably, and I, I told Cyber this before in the past, when I finally do watch Dark Phoenix, just because I love those characters and everything like that, I probably will enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. I, just didn't, I just didn't like the Apocalypse, the Apocalypse movie. I did not like the way that they did oh, that. Yeah, that, could have, that one could have been so much better, hands down. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind it, but I definitely think that one could have been so much better. Like... Okay, like the Apocalypse movie is the only one that I that I think they kind of rushed. Like Dark Phoenix, there are some there are some things that they could have done a little bit better. Obviously, with any film, there's things that you could do better. But I mean, I've seen it. I saw it. What was it? Like two or three weeks ago. And it's pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, basically, I guess you know where I'm coming from is the fact that I'm an old school mm-hmm. comic books fan. The X-Men were one of my favorite were one of my favorite comic books. I used to have literally I used to have three different subscriptions to three different kinds of X-Men comics at one point back in the 90s. That's how much mm-hmm. I loved the X-Men. And I just really felt like they didn't do service to Apocalypse yeah. as a villain. Because in the comics, he is like extremely powerful. And they just didn't mm-hmm. really show that. That is true. That is 100 percent true. And I don't like how they made him look either. I feel no, I feel like they they cut out a lot of stuff for some reason in that movie. I'm definitely with you, Cyber. You, you Cyber, you've seen the comic book oh, version yeah. of him, right? So you know they did not even come close to like making him look oh, like he did no. in the comics. I mean, he. I mean, he was small. He was smaller than he that, in the he comics. He's huge. In the comics, he looks basically almost like a sentinel. I mean, he was this. Yeah, he's like this. He's like the same yeah, size I mean, as Thanos. He's huge. He's humongous. He's you know he has this type of look, and he yeah, like you said, he's very similar to what Thanos looks like. And so when, and he wears like a big metal, and he wears like a yeah, big metal costume yeah, too, which totally makes me think of Sentinels. Totally makes me think of Sentinels. Yeah, which which and they scrapped that for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why they scrapped because, that. Because I mean, when when I first saw the first images for Oscar Isaac playing him, and I was just like. I'm like, that looks nothing like the character. I'm like, what the hell? 
Yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now, and I'm thinking like that could be really really cool. Like if they did like a oh oh, oh the actual yeah yeah, yeah 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 if they if they did like an actual like good like costume from the comics, I think that'd be really cool. Oh yeah, he was. I mean, listen, he's one of the X Men's greatest yeah, villains of all time. Um, and I'll tell you right now, this is actually kind of a spoiler. We may see him in. Um, we may see him in. Um, what is that MCU film that's going to be coming out with um, the uh, the uh, shoot? What is that? What is that MCU film that's going to be coming out? I believe at the end Eternal? of this year. Um, with the, the Eternals, yes, I think in the Eternals film they're going to be doing a lot of like background, a lot of like history and stuff like that of like the history of the universe of its mm-hmm. creation and everything as a part of the film. And I already told you, Cyber, they're probably going to show Atlantis before Atlantis yep. was sunk in the ocean. And I think they're going to go back to ancient Egypt. And a lot of people don't realize this, but um, back in the, in the in the day in ancient Egypt. Um, Kang the Conqueror was actually like the head of Egypt. He was like the, the leader of the Egyptians, and his second in command was in Sabanor yeah. mm-hmm. Apocalypse. Like he he is literally like he is he is like hundreds of yeah. thousands of years old. So he very well could be in that movie, um, as well as Thanos. We, we we're probably going to see young Thanos in that film yeah, too. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to the Eternals. Um, to definitely me see- too. I think it's going to be a major sleeper. I really do. I think I think it's I think people are going to be very it's surprised. Just to kind of delve more in depth into that portion of the MCU, because one thing one thing I've always found fascinating in the comic books and in movies, and something I wish they would touch more on, is is those characters of the Eternals. It's their founders, and. In, the Celestials. The yes. Celestials. And I wish they would do a whole movie just about them because they are just so freaking fascinating and awesome. And I would love to yes, I agree with you. It, it's 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 very unfortunate that we have not had an opportunity to delve into the Celestials yet, really. I mean, they've shown glimpses of them in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that and whatnot. Um, Ego, the living planet. Yep. He's a Celestial um, yep. from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um but like that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to in the in, in the next two phases of the MCU is that supposedly I'm sure you guys already have heard they're going to be going cosmic now and they're going to be introducing characters like Quasar, uh, Adam Warlock. Um, you know they've been they've been saying that they were going to do Adam yeah. Warlock for years now. So you, you, I thought they were going to do it in Guardians but, too. I mean, I think they're going to end up doing it in Guardians 3. Yeah, That's I mean, when I think they're going to do it. That, that post um, scene with that, you know, the supposed Adam person. That the Sovereign. Show. Yeah, the Sovereign. Yeah. The Sovereign creates him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're going to go cosmic. And, you know, and uh, just like they have the sword base up in space and everything and whatnot. And in in, in we're actually going to get to see the celestials in person like we're, we're, we're going to physically see them in the eternals film we're yep, actually going to see yep. them for the first time like there's actually going to be celestials that are going to fight with the eternals like 
in battles and stuff like that. That's so awesome. Oh, it is. I mean, I can't wait to see Galactus. Oh, man. Him? Him alone. I don't know how they're going to do him. I I don't know how they're going to make it work. Because he's so big. I mean, he's the size of a planet. And like, so so if they're bringing in Galactus, does that mean that they're bringing Silver Surfer in, in as well? Yes, they yeah. have to bring in Silver Surfer. They can't do Galactus mm-hmm. without Which Silver definitely Surfer. Leads, you know, leads the other question. You know, we're soon going to see the Fantastic Four. There you go. Yeah, that's what I was about so to say. So I don't know if you guys have you guys seen Far From Home? Yes. Okay. So at the end, yes, or whenever he's like swinging with MJ at the end, um, he passes by a building that wasn't there before, but everyone keeps saying that it's the the Baxter building, where where yes, yeah, yeah that is the where Baxter building the, like, I before yeah, HQ is. I have heard that too. Or that, or, or, that, or that the Fantastic Four could take over the, the former Stark Tower and make that oh, the yeah. master building. That would be interesting. I mean, look, you know, we, we, we're going to have the Fantastic Four pretty soon. I mean, I can't remember that video that Kevin Feige released a couple months ago, but didn't he say the Fantastic Four was coming out like... Uh, really? That soon? I think, he, I think it's either coming out... Um, no, you know what? Maybe, maybe hmm. it's 2023 because right now they are in pre-production. They've started the project, but they're in the casting process and they're in the process. So of I have heard that, um, John Reed Richards and I, I, yes, they're talking, they're, him and Emily Blunt are talking to the, uh, talking to Kevin Feige right oh, really? now. They're doing contract talks. Interesting. Yes. It's going to take time. I mean, you got to figure, right? Like, if these guys, if, if, if those, if, 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 if those two characters, if those two actors, if they sign up with MCU, they're going to be signing like a eight to nine yeah. to 10 picture contract. So you got to figure a contract like that is oh, going to yeah. probably take a while to work out. But I mean, basically, John Krasinski already said, and so did Emily Blunt. They mm-hmm. want to be in the Fantastic Four. I mean, I'm sure you guys have all yeah, seen yeah, the yeah. fan art, right? I have heard that. Have you seen Have you seen any of the fan art of of Krasinski as Reed Richards, uh, Cyber? Yes, he looks just I have like him. Seen fan art? Yes, I. Um, and yeah, he does look very similar to him. Uh, and I mean, when the when these rumors have been circulating, and we've talked about this before. Um, it's going to be interesting if he does get picked, which I think pretty much it's generalized that he has been. Um, I mean, he will be an interesting fit. It'll be interesting to see him play Reed Richards uh, and the, don the outfit and down, don the look and everything and look just like him. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see just how well he does because I honestly loved – Ian Grufford as Reed Richards. I absolutely loved him. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he did a great job. I thought he was. I thought he was a good fit, but I did not like those films. I enjoyed the campiness because it reminded me a lot of Sam Raimi or the Batman '89 or, you know what I mean? 
Because I feel like the earlier films, like yes. they they were still really really good, like the Spider Man films and all that. But they always had camp to them. But even now, like now, they're mostly just serious. You know. Yeah. Well, things have come a long way when it comes to like shooting movies and stuff like that. Like Marvel is capable of doing mm-hmm. a lot of things that they couldn't do back then. And I mean, you got to figure John Krasinski could easily play Reed Richards yeah. for like 10, 12 years if he wanted to. Um, and it, it, it makes perfect sense that his mm-hmm. wife would sign up as Sue Storm um, and, 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 you know, and play his wife yeah. you know, in the movie since they're married in real life. Um, I, I have a feeling that they're going to do the same thing they did with Spider-Man. I think when they come out with the Fantastic Four, I don't think they're going to do an origin story with them. I think they're just going to wow. give us the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I, I, I agree. How they're going to do it. You know, like, because, it, I mean, look, it worked with Spider-Man. Well, I don't know if I they're mean, ever going to give him an or Because, like, they kind of hinted at it in Civil War, which you know, everyone knows his origin story. Like, you don't need to see it a million times. But I, f- I feel like yeah, they should... Yeah. I feel like Peter should should have at least, you know, mentioned him a few times. Like, as long as they mention a few things from, you know, what happened, and as long as they explain it in a good and it makes sense with Fantastic Four or any new character, like, I feel like then I'll be on board. Well, here's an interesting topic for you guys that's way off beat, but, like, here's an interesting question. I've been thinking about this myself internally. How are they going to connect the Sony Venomverse with the MCU Spider-Man, considering the fact that in the Venom film, he does not get the Venom symbiote suit from Spider-Man. Well, they could the just... Books. I mean, they could just go from Doctor Strange. Because if Doctor Strange is, is just going to enter the multiverse or whatever, then they could basically have anybody they want from any universe in any Marvel movie. Oh, no, no. I'm not going in there. I'm not, I'm not talking about that because... They're they're already oh. gonna cross them over without the multiverse. They're gonna put Spider Man in with Venom. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna mold the two universes together. Hmm. I mean, maybe they'll the just multiverse. they'll just I don't know uh, say that he got it from Spider Man. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I didn't see. I didn't watch the whole Venom movie in the Venom film. Does he ever even? I mean, they Spider-Man? they mentioned New York, but I think I'm pretty sure they mentioned New York. But like they only mention it once, and they don't say much about it. Like he's, I think he got fired from New York, and then he like that was it. That's all they said. Well, Cyber, you already heard, I'm sure, probably right that like there's potentially going to be cameos for Venom I and have, Carnage in Spider-Man and Three. Honestly, to to go to your question there, um, I honestly think how it's going to work uh, about them kind of meshing together Venom and Spider-Man. Um, together is I feel like unlike you know in the comic books where you know Venom got the symbiote from Spider-Man I think what they're going to do is they're just going to have them kind of come across each other um, during some sort of like I don't know some incident's going to happen and they're basically just going to have them cross over and kind of get to know each other and kind of battle one bad guy at the same time and I do, I do believe that that will yes. probably lead into the Sinister Six. I think that's what they're going to do. Yes, 
I, I think it makes total sense, Cyber. I agree with you because if, if, if anybody, if anyone who knows from the comics knows that Carnage is a lot stronger than Venom. So at that point, the only way that Venom's going to be able to beat yep. Carnage is it would be is it would be really Spider-Man. interesting if they made it like a like a buddy cop type thing, like you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Like with 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 Venom and yep. Spider Man. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a very interesting dynamic because you know in the comics, Venom's whole yeah. purpose in life is killing yep. Spider Man. Like that's all he cares about. You know what I mean? Like so, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to play that out. Um, and I guarantee you right now, um, Marvel, uh, Disney, Disney and, um, and Sony are working out another sharing agreement for Tom Holland right now. They haven't finalized it yet, but they're going to hammer out a new one. And, um, I guarantee you right now in that new contract, there's going to be at least one, if not two films where Spider-Man is going to cross over into the Venomverse. I I heard that, in those and films. I also heard that Sony, yeah, that Sony's like, you can use Tom Holland as Spider-Man in your films, fine, whatever, but we can use him too. So, like, I yes. think I heard, I read an article the other day that they're planning Spider-Man four, five, and six. So. Yes, I heard. I heard. I heard that the deal that they're working on right now is for uh, mm-hmm. like either three or four more films, um, and potentially like a Disney oh, really? Plus series too. Hmm. Yes, but it's going to be at least three or four yeah. more films. At least three, which which would carry, which would take you into mm-hmm. like Peter Parker's college years. You know what I mean? Because he's so young. I mean, they could definitely use him for a long time. Like, Tom Holland yeah. can play Spider-Man for a long time if, if he wants to. So, <laughs> anyways, getting kind of getting off track. Back to WandaVision. Um, so, okay, when, when Wanda and Monica encounter each other and, and Monica Rambeau goes to try to, like, talk to Wanda and everything, and then Agatha Harkness kind of, like, steps in and everything and separates them and whatnot, Wanda said, like, maybe I already am the villain in the reality that she created and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I thought that was very interesting, you know? Um, and what I really liked about that was we got to see Photon again using her powers when mm-hmm. Wanda, like, lifted her up in the air. And then and then um, Photon came down to the concrete and, like, mm-hmm. busted yep. the concrete and shit when she came down to the ground. What did you guys oh think about God. that? Cyber, like, how did you feel about awesome. that scene? Like when, when you know, Wanda basically picks up, you know, Monica Rambeau um, uh, and puts her up in the air, you know, and saying, why are you here again, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, and, and Monica's trying to explain it. And uh, Wanda's not hearing any of it. And, and then she gets, she tries to throw Monica down to the ground, but then she just does her photon thing. And I was like, Oh, are we gonna get a fight sequence here? This will be awesome. And then when it just ended kind of there, I was like, "Ah, man." Me too. Yeah. I was a little bit let down that we didn't. I think get to see it. I think it was interesting because, you, like, I've heard of the House of M story, which I haven't read it, but I really want to. And 
uh, I remember Elizabeth Olsen like bringing it up in like I think it was Age of Ultron maybe in an interview, and she was like she was basically like I would really love for them to do that, but I think it's too dark. And here they are doing it. And if yeah. if the end is just her freaking out, I would love that. I think that'd be so cool. Like her freaking out that her her kids aren't real or something. Like I would love yeah. that. That'd be so cool. Yeah. They're using pieces mm-hmm. of House of M. They're not doing the whole House of M, like, completely, yeah. but they're using pieces of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, uh, in, that, in, the, in, that, in that second episode, when that mm-hmm. sword agent got, into the, got in through the sewer, and then she said, like, no. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like no more or something like that or whatever. That was supposed to be a take from House of M, where, she, where in the House of M she mm-hmm. says, no more mutants. You know, um, but honestly, I mean, that uh, that's what's going to happen. I mean, the way that WandaVision is going to end without question, it doesn't matter what anybody says or what happens, is it's going to lead to her, like, freaking out, losing her kids. Mephisto is going to take her kids from her um, or something like that, or they're just going to disappear, um, and she's literally going to lose it, and that's mm-hmm. what's going to crack the multiverse wide open, and that's what's that's what's then going to segue into Spider-Man three, where I wouldn't be surprised if if Scar- the Scarlet Witch is actually is actually one of the villains of the film. Yeah, I totally see that could happen. Oh yeah, well I mean she kind of because she's going to go crazy watching this episode eight, and when she breaks down and creates the hex, that's kind of already the breaking point, anyways, for her. And that's kind of starting her mental breakdown. Yes. And I feel the hex is actually kind of a manifestation of her complete mental breakdown that's going to happen, which could lead into what you were talking about, Jeff, about you know her becoming the main villain in Spider-Man 3. Yes. I mean, she's going to become the Scarlet Witch. You heard Agatha Harkness. I remember, say, I remember seeing the that the only Witch. reason that they haven't used um, that name yet, like they haven't called her that at all, is because Fox owned it. Yeah, that, that's why. That's exactly what it was. It's because of the, the mutant Magneto Fox ties and everything like that. More, the, more, that's why. That's why they didn't use the, that. Why, that's why they didn't use the oh, title Quicksilver. Well, for her brother. I, that's interesting how they have like you know yeah. the names and and everything, but they don't have the characters. Like Marvel could still use the characters. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they do now. Marvel's got all the characters now. I mean, which is great. You know, I mean, um, that's one good thing I can honestly say about Marvel getting get, getting getting with Disney is that. If not for that, there, there never would yeah. have been the option to pick up those Fox properties. Um, no, I mean, there's a lot of characters now that are going to be available to the MCU. And I don't know. I mean, you guys tell me. Um, when Before the pandemic started, when, when Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first mm-hmm. Disney Plus series that came out after Black Widow came out, right? I thought for sure that WandaVision was going to be the series where they were going yep. to go ahead and open up the whole mutant thing, right? Well, you tell me, Cyber, do you see any direction right now with WandaVision where you can see I mean, the, them introducing mutants? The fact that they already, in Episode 8, 
kind of referred to through Agatha Harkness making Wanda relive her life and her already having kind of powers to begin with, I feel that's Marvel's way of kind of introducing the X-Men or the mutant gene that, you know, Fox owned. So I feel like that's kind of their, their... easy way into kind of starting to kind of bring in mutants into the into the universe for Marvel. Simply the fact, too, her kids, if you think about it, when they first kind of manifested and became the older version and then shown that they had powers in the Halloween episode, kind of introduced mutants into it, too, because why did all of a sudden they have powers? Good point. Good point, Cyber, yeah. because that's exactly in the comics how mutants work. They're born with a mutant gene, but not until exactly. they reach a certain age yeah. in adolescence do they start to develop their powers. So basically, kind of, episode six kind of started that off for us, and they slowly have gradually kind of brought that more to the light, and they did that a lot with episode eight, I feel. Well, that's well. That's why, like I said, I do believe that in some way well, yeah, yeah. those still, are her biological children. Her body and she gave birth to them, so yeah, they're definitely biological. Uh, yes, yes. I just wonder. Yeah, but it makes me wonder because if she it? created Vision just out of memory and out of grief and all that, and it was just her breaking point, it makes me wonder if, like, she could just create anything out of her memory. Like if she if she wanted to, she could just no. No. She can to some extent, but based on the comic book mm-hmm. storylines and stuff like that that have happened mm-hmm. in the past, right? That, that that this the show is based on and and based on what Cyber just said a minute ago, she did actually go through labor and actually but- have birth and give birth to the children. Mm-hmm. At that point if she was going to create them, yeah. point. she would have just created them. Why would she That's have a, a pregnancy? And that kind of brings me back to what you were saying earlier, Jeff, about the Mephisto uh, quandrum. And basically, yeah. And that could be that Yeah, whole, I mean, somebody had to impregnate her. Talk about that, you know, that Mephisto put some of himself into her. That could be where the children came in. That could be yeah. maybe the children are a part of Mephisto. And that's why she was able to give birth to them because he put a part of himself into her. And because he did that, that allowed her to have a natural childbirth. And so that's how they become partially biological to her and to Mephisto. Yes. And it makes sense that if she's going to lose the kids at the end of the show, where else would they go? Like, how exactly. else would they become lost or whatever if Mephisto is not going to be a part of it? I mean, um, and not you know, not only that. Another good question, and this is this goes back to what Logan was talking about. Cyber, I hadn't asked you. I'm sure you've heard about what Logan was talking about about how uh, Paul Bettany has mentioned that there's an actor that he always yep. wanted to work with or whatever that we're going to get to yep. see at the end of the series. That, that people are going to be very surprised. Do you I think that's going to be Magneto, rumors. Cyber? Um, I have heard the Magneto reference, but also another one that was just brought to my light recently 
is that they think that maybe possibly the end credit scene cameo of white vision was Paul Bettany kind of being silly and saying that he worked with somebody he's never worked with was his own self. That's another rumor that's going on. Oh yeah. I saw that. And. Mm -hmm. Well, you, well, I mean, you, you do know that in the comic books, um, what basically happens is, is basically kind of like in the, in the MCU movies, vision is killed. And in order to bring him back, they use the memories of Wonder Man, which is a character that okay. people have been bringing up with WandaVision for weeks now that he might pop up. Um, and the white vision, the, like the translucent vision, he, he, he was based off of this character, Wonder Man, off of his brainwaves. And so there could, be a, there could very well be a, po a possibility where the vision that we see in the Hex could just vanish when the hex is over, but we could very well see a, a future where that white vision ends up with Wanda that overall at the end anyway. But he would just be like an emotionless vision. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would be like more like a computer than a man. Yeah. Because I think when you take, I think when, I think when you take away the mind exactly, stone from him, that really changes him. Mindstone that really gave Vision his humanity. If you think about it, because he really was just a system yes, that Ultron created for his own self. So there was nothing else to the Vision, you know, really, except for you know the Mindstone being added. But without the Mindstone, like they were talking about in Endgame, you know, there is a lot of Vision left because it, you know some of his synapses was Jarvis. So. There's so many things. The white vision, because when they, you know, they decided to keep the body and rebuild it themselves, because they don't have the mind stone anymore and they're not using Jarvis, he becomes this emotionless robot. Basically, what originally kind of Ultron was trying to make. Yes, he would become basically just a flat-out robot with no emotions, but he still probably would have the ability to fly. Um, Phase through yep. walls, um, you know, super strength. Uh, his his body, you know, he's still built out of vibranium, um, which makes him basically almost indestructible. Um, but it makes you it makes me wonder. Bringing up Hayward and the Hayward character, Logan, what do you think the purpose of them reanimating Vision by using the Wanda's energy um, from the Hex? What do you think Hayward's goal Well, everyone is keeps, like, theorizing that he's, like, Ultron or Ultron in disguise or something. And that Ultron's just trying to, you know, he's trying to, he let Wanda, like, get away with Vision and, you know, get the vibranium body and all that. Like, because that was his plan all along. I don't know if I believe that, though. Well, Cyber and I talked about this earlier today, too. I mean, Logan, I'm sure you must, you, you'd have to admit, right, that at this point, it's very obvious that yeah. there's something going on with mm -hmm. that guy Hayward that we don't know about yet. Like, there's a lot going on with him. I mean, there's a lot of different theories out there. I haven't heard them yet because I haven't been paying attention to YouTube lately. 
Um, but I will be in the next, in the next couple of days. But I have to believe at this point that I mean I don't know what I don't know who the hell Hayward really is, but I do not believe that he is yeah. actually a good guy who is the head of sword. I don't believe that. I mean, um, cyber. I mean, what do you think about the fact, Cyber, that he actually like faked yeah, I mean, the right video here, I mean, the of Wanda stealing Vision's body? Episode eight, um, right there, tells you there's something mysterious about Hayward, and that there's something else on his agenda that we're not seeing, and that definitely could either lead to him being a main bad guy, or it could definitely lead him just being having his own agenda. Or also, it could lead to the fact what we talked about earlier that he could be maybe Mephisto, or he could be, you know, some someone else that is pulling the strings along with Agatha in this reality, and that he's trying to cover it up by playing this supposed Hayward character, and you know, basically trying to, uh, you know have his his strings attached in every aspect of what's going on with this whole operation. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that until you said that. The fact that it kind of makes sense from a tactical standpoint that you would want to have yep. somebody outside the hex handling things out there. Mm-hmm. And kind of controlling things out there. You know what I mean? Um, but... Like, with Hayward, what I find really interesting about him and very suspicious about him and what really makes me question about him is the fact that, Logan, I'm sure you noticed that in that scene where Wanda came to S.W.O.R.D. and wanted Vision's body, he actually, like, was provoking her to, like, Mm. to to bring him back to life. Like, he actually provoked her to do it, which makes you wonder... How does he know so much about Wanda? Because it seems like yeah. he intimately knows her. Um, yeah, why? Huh? Yeah, why? Okay. Uh, can I remove So, I mean, what do you think, Logan? I mean, if you mm-hmm. had to guess, because I'm sure you know you've seen the same stuff that me, me and Cyber have seen. Uh, yeah, I think he's. How I think do he's you feel suspicious. about Hayward? Like, what is your take? I mean, he's definitely a prick. There's no question about that. He's not a very lovable character. Oh, here's a good one for you guys. Tell me that it wasn't cool as shit Mm -hmm. when Wanda expanded the hex, the boundaries of the hex out, and all those sword people got sucked in. We were talking about that earlier, how, like, when she expanded it, all of them got altered into, into her reality. And instantly... Yeah, so their DNA was instantly. Yes, instantly they became new people. Monica Rambo has been, and even Darcy knew that that was going to happen to her when she got stuck in the hex. So it's like, uh, my all their DNA has been altered. What does that mean down the future? Now, are they all of a sudden going to have powers of some sort, or are they going to have health problems? You know what I mean? So there, it's. I don't think so. What I honestly think is is going back to when going back to when Monica Rambeau first got sucked into the into the hex. Um, as far as I as far as I can tell, she's the only character in the show where, upon approaching the barrier to the hex, yep. the hex actually yep. sucked her in. 
Like it wanted her in there. You know what I mean? And that makes you wonder, right? Like, okay, so Wanda's had powers ever since she was a child. What if Monica Rambeau had something going on with herself before this all that happened? That's true, too. That and that's that, why that the Hex wanted her in there. We don't really know much about, you know, they don't go into it about Monica Rambeau kind of prior to this whole incident, except for, you know, that before the, you know, the snap, she was at the hospital with her mom because she was sick. And then she, when she got re-snapped back, you know, when Hulk did it, you know, and the blip, and she was back at the hospital again. But you don't really know much about what she did with Captain Marvel all those years as a youth. So something might have happened with Captain Marvel. No. And that's why kind of in that scene, yeah. in like, I think it's episode three or four, when she's like, she's not on speaking terms with Captain Marvel or doesn't want to talk about Captain Marvel, something could have happened in her past that maybe be what was the precursor to her becoming Photon. Yes. I think that could very, very well be possible. And I think, you know, one thing that I find very interesting is from the trailers for mm -hmm. WandaVision, there's a couple scenes in the trailers, Logan, where you see... You see Vision and you see and you see Wanda about to like fight somebody and Vision says, if this is our home, let's protect it. You know? Um I they still have not shown that yet in the show. So if that's gonna happen like in the next episode or the, or the episode after that, like who do you think that they're gonna be fighting, Logan? Like, are they gonna be fighting Sword? Are they gonna be fighting um, I don't think Agatha Har Harkness? Harkness is gonna stay on the show like, much I mean, longer. For some reason. Like, I think that, like, Agatha's going to make, like, a mistake or something, and then whoever's controlling, you know, whoever's, whoever she's working for is going to, like, kind of snap and then go against Wanda and Vision. Well, and here's another question. Who the hell is the Pietro character from the X-Men universe? Like, what is he? I have because no he idea. Because he works with Agatha Harkness, too. So, like... What is his deal? Well, and I don't either. I, mean, I, I, I can't make any sense of it. Could really Cyber, what do you think? I mean, he could be he could be the Evan Peters from the X-Men universe we know, and he's under a spell by Agatha, and he's made to realize and think that he is the MCU, you know, Quicksilver. Or he could be a complete manifestation that was created um, by whoever is really pulling the strings too, as well, and I mean, there's so many different possibilities what he could be. Because I mean, like you said, there is really no like evidence of what he is or who he really is. But at the same time, you're like, well, he still is supposed to be the X Men universe Quicksilver, so there has to be some link between that and to the MCU now that they're just not, you know, bringing to light yet. So who knows? It could go anywhere, and it'll be interesting to see what they decide to say who he really is. Mm -hmm. Well, he's not influenced by the Hex. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but when he, when he appeared yep. in the reality, he's one of the few people in there who is not yep. affected by the Hex. Like, he's not under, the, he's not under Wanda's spell. So what that, what that to me, what that says to me is 
he very well could be um, from Mephisto. He could be dead. He could be a dead person that Mephisto, mm-hmm. you know, gave to Agatha as like a helper. You know what I mean? Or, or he could be just somebody that Agatha Harkness knew knows or whatever that that's working for Agatha Harkness. Um, but I'll tell you what, guys. Um, I could go on and on. We could keep talking for hours. I know we could, but we're already approaching hour number two. So why don't we go ahead and close things out here and say our goodbyes and everything and whatnot. Um, And I really enjoyed working with you guys. I had a lot of fun. This is my first podcast that I've done in like Uh two weeks plus. So it felt great to do one again. I really did. I enjoyed it. Um, Logan, I I it was really fun. I enjoyed talking to you guys. Great experience with me and Cyberman. It was really great having you. Same here. I did too. It was genuinely fun. I can honestly say that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly the most happy go lucky guy out there. You don't see me smile very much, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you right now, I have actually thoroughly enjoyed every moment of doing this. Oh, hundred percent. It's just, this is just fun stuff to talk about. Um, no problem. And cyber again, man, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for co-hosting. Um, I really hope that um, this is just a one one step in our in our future collaborations together, uh, because I like working with you. Um, you definitely bring a interesting perspective and professionality to the show. Um, and just like you know, in your own way, Logan, I really mm-hmm. appreciate the fact that you bring a perspective to to my to my content mm-hmm. that is something that I can't give anybody, which is the fact that I'm almost mm-hmm. forty years old. You know what I mean? I mean, I've got I've got children that are almost your age. So, like, to have you on here and to be able to have your perspective at your age mm-hmm. really adds something different and unique, like, to the conversation. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I genuinely really do appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for being patient with me mm-hmm. in terms of us finally getting together and whatnot. I'm looking forward to working with you as well, um, doing some of your content. Um and uh, I'll, I'll just give it over to you guys. Um, Logan, if you want to go ahead okay. and say goodbye and, and you know, okay, um, say your final piece. Well, thank you for uh, for listening and thank you for having me on, on your podcast. I, I really appreciate it. And I really, I really had a fun time. I, I really like talking to you guys. It's fun. Talk about the MCU and superheroes for hours. Awesome. Very much so. Yeah, I hear you. Me too. Me too. It's very, it's very fun. So it's yeah, a very fun again, topic. I enjoyed the time too we had. Nice. Uh, Cyber, what do you got to say, brother? Always wonderful working with you, Jeff. Always enjoyed. Always uh, great, uh, fun. All the great banter we have is always fun. And uh, yeah, you know, if you like uh, this podcast, people, and you want to listen to some other stuff or see other videos or anything, definitely check out Logan himself on YouTube and myself on YouTube under Cybernetic Shark. And uh, you guys uh, rock, and thanks for listening. Hey, you know what? You guys should really think about potentially collaborating together sometime on YouTube since you both have YouTube channels and whatnot. I think you guys would would be a great fit. I will will go ahead and give um, Cyber – I'll go ahead and give – Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Logan's – uh, contact information. Okay. If Logan, Logan, if you're okay with that, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. All right, folks. Well, listen, 
again, I want to just say that I really appreciate having Cyber and Logan onto the show. It was really great having them on. I had a lot of fun. The camaraderie was great. I really enjoyed making the show. I hope that all of you who listen to this enjoy the show. I hope you stick with it and you listen to the whole two hours. But if you only do 20 minutes, I'll accept that too. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But thank you very much. God bless all of you. And I hope to see you again very soon.